are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everyone? Welcome in to another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. A good amount of stuff to talk about on this Thursday edition of the show. We will start out with Louisville Volleyball's huge win against Kentucky on Wednesday evening. We will then transition into answering the question, is the Louisville fan base overrating UCF? And then we'll finish out with some keys to the game for the cards in the Friday night contest. But before we get into the content of the show, like I mentioned, my name is Dalton Pence. I'm a football beat writer and a recruiting analyst for Cardinal Sports Zone, and also do some PA announcing work for the university in sports like soccer, lacrosse, field hockey, baseball, etc. You can follow my personal Twitter at dpence underscore. You can follow the podcast Twitter page at lo underscore Louisville. I also want to give a quick shout out to the Locked On ACC podcast. There's no better way to get all of your conference news than that podcast hosted by Candace Cooper. So be sure to check that podcast out on the Odyssey app or wherever you like to get your podcasts. With that being said, let's dive right on into the show. On Wednesday evening, the 5th ranked University of Louisville Cardinals volleyball team defeated the 8th ranked and reigning national champion Kentucky Wildcats at the LNN Federal Credit Union Arena in five sets, winning the decisive fifth set by a score of 15-9. to Unfortunately, I wasn't able to be there, but checking in with a couple people that were able to attend, the atmosphere was absolutely electric. There was a record crowd of 1,268 at the arena, a sold-out match hours before the first serve. Um, Anna DeBeer, Anna Stevenson, Claire Chausset combining for 44 total kills for the cards in the five-set match. Um, Chausset led the way with 18 kills. But overall, the cards went down in the first set um, to the Wildcats, end up winning the next two, Kentucky taking the fourth set, and obviously the cards coming out victorious in that decisive fifth set to 15. Not only was this a big win for the program in terms of bragging rights, you know, you always like to beat UK in any sport that you play them in, but, you know, beating the reigning national champions, a team that was obviously still good, being ranked number eighth in the country at six and two. This is just a premier win for not only the team, but for the program. Like I mentioned, the Cards had not beaten the Wildcats since 2012, and the team itself, um, if you've been following them, you realize very quickly that this team is legit. You know, I keep, I feel like I keep saying, you know, this is a legit national championship contender. You know, I know it doesn't have the same appeal as as football or basketball, but you need, Cardinal fans need to realize this team is the real deal. The best team in Louisville right now is a toss-up between the volleyball team and the field hockey team. Both of these teams coming off you know successful 2020-2021 campaigns, but they're really starting to establish their mark this season. The Cardinals are 9-0 on the year, matching the program's best start since 2005. They have swept seven of their first nine opponents, which includes a sweep against the, the at the time, ranked number nine Purdue Boilermakers. Uh, just a great start for Danny Busboom Kelly's squad. And I got to be honest, when you look at this squad, 
Um, obviously, it's you know recency bias is a thing, and um, and it's very early in the season. There is a lot of matches to be played. Conference play hasn't even started yet, so I, I'm not necessarily comfortable, you know, saying that this is the best team in Cardinal history because I think that would be a little premature and it wouldn't be doing a service to the great teams of the past that the Cardinals have had. But I do think, you know, talent-wise and the potential, that this team can get there. This is a team that has the makings of a potential national championship team. They have one of the best setters, if not the best. I think she's the best setter in the ACC and Tori Dilfer, one of the better ones in the country. Um, they're attacking force, the outside hitters and you know, it seems like there's a you know uh, an unending supply of those from Anna DeBeer to Ico Jones to Claire Chausset, Anna Stevenson. You know the list goes on, you know so on and so forth. And then you have one of the best middle blockers and defensive players in the conference and in the nation, in Amaya Tillman. This is you know simply put one of the more dominant teams that I've seen in college volleyball this season. They're going to be tested throughout the year. Um, obviously, being in the ACC, they're going to return to action this weekend at Nebraska. I think that that's going to be a solid test for them as well. Um, and then they'll start ACC play at the LNN Federal Credit Union Arena on September 24th, which is a Friday against the Miami Hurricanes. When you take a deeper look inside this balance play of you know the Cardinals all around, uh, it really kind of starts out with the attack. The, the Louisville Cardinals are swinging at a 314 average, you know, comparing that just to the opponent's mere 135. I think that really just speaks volumes to the Cardinal defense. Was very solid last year, you know, talking with Amaya Tillman, Anna DeBeer, and Tori Dilfer in an interview with Cardinal Sports Zone earlier in the spring. You know, they mentioned, you know, Maya Tillman is a force to be reckoned with at the net, as is Ico Jones, who are, you know, just under 40 blocks individually, respectively. You know, it, it's, you know, spanning, you know, past them. You know, the defense isn't just, you know, the blockers at the net. It's the ability to dig balls out. Um, and, um, you know, we, we've seen that, especially on Wednesday evening with true freshman Elena Scott from Mercy Academy. And um, for those who, aren't aware of who I am. I actually am the PA announcer for Mercy Volleyball and have been for the past four seasons. So um, I was able to take over that position when Elena was a sophomore and I, I've seen her grow and um, it, it's it's extremely amazing to see you know her grow into this position and be able to contribute right away and obviously Mercy playing Assumption a ton. I've seen Anna DeBeer play plenty of times and just that violent swing um, just one of the better hitters in the country. There, it's just such a balanced roster, you know, beginning with that defensive approach, and now you add in just how well they're attacking the ball. It, it, it's very, you know, it's very hard to stop. DeBeer's leading the team with 78 kills, Anna Stevenson with 77, Claire Chausset with 70, Ico Jones 66, Amaya Tillman 60. So you have five ladies that have, you know, at least 60 kills. And that just kind of shows you that, you know, they don't have that one go-to star. You know, the whole rotation is just populated with stars throughout. I mean, that's just huge. And not to mention, you know, Tori Dilfer, 317 assists on the match, uh, just under 11 assists per set. Um, that makes a big difference as well. Just all around, there's no one glaring weakness with this Louisville volleyball team. And I think that that's, you know, one of the reasons why I think that they have a making of a possible, you know, national championship squad. And that's the fact is, you know, I think that they do a lot of things. I don't want to, you know, discredit what they do 
I just don't think that there's one thing that they do greater than, you know, the others in terms of aspects. I think, you know, they do everything equally just as just as great um, from service reception to blocking at the net to, you know, attacking the ball and putting away kills and you know, just having Tory Dilfer all over the place with, you know, some superb setting. You know, it's very, you know, it's a luxury to have so much not only talent but also leadership that uh, you have a lot of these ladies that played against Te- in that team that beat Texas in the 2019 tournament and a team that went to the Sweet 16 last year and uh, so on and so forth. So it'll be very fun to watch this team go into conference play and uh, look to defend their ACC title. I have to imagine they're obviously that they are the favorites to do so. And, um, you know, it seems like at the end of the year, they're going to be racking up a lot of individual awards as well. But I got to, you know, if you haven't been able to watch them, even if you're not a volleyball fan, do yourself a favor, go support these ladies and go support, you know, all of the sports across the university. Because even if you, you know, if you're just a, a basketball or football fan, you need to know that there are some programs in this university that are on the brink of greatness that a lot are already there looking to get over that national championship hump. Before we transition back into football ahead of the matchup with the UFC Golden Knights, I should say, let's talk a little bit about Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry when you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. It allows you to save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? And not to mention Rock Auto is a family business. The prices are reliably low for every customer, and obviously they have everything you could need from brake parts to tail lamps, from odor oil to even new carpet. They You can go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. So do yourself a favor. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So, all right, let's transition back into Central Florida. I know we really haven't done a ton of preview for the Golden Knights so far this week. We had some great interviews with Jeremy Wallman and Lance McGarvey. We recapped a lot of the Easter Kentucky game and answered some questions and um, so on and so forth. We're going to dedicate today's episode and tomorrow's episode Obviously, to the matchup with Central Florida, which will be on Friday evening at 7.30 at Cardinal Stadium. So be sure to go out and support the Cards then. I think when you ask the majority of the Louisville football fan base what their initial feelings are, their gut feelings and intuitions are about this matchup with Central Florida, most fans will honestly say, look, I think this game can get out of hand. Um, From what the Cardinals have shown us in the first two games, compared to the reputation of the Knights' offense. It's it's a daunting matchup, um, but it, it serves the question, are Louisville fans overrating Central Florida? And I, I have to you know ask this question because I think it's valid. I think we're talking about Central Florida 
I'm not saying everybody, but I am saying there's a good amount of the fan base that are talking like this is just simply not a winnable game. And don't you know? Don't get things twisted. I'm not predicting a Louisville win. Um, if you ask me, I think that you know UCF is probably going to win somewhere in the lines of 41 to 24. If I had to make a pick on it, but I, I I have to ask of whether or not you know we're talking too much hype into this Central Florida team. Now, don't get me wrong. This is one of the best offenses in the country for the. First two games, yes, they've only played Boise State and Bethune-Cookman. Number two in total offense, 622 yards a game. Uh, They're averaging 7.27 yards per play. Uh, This is a premier offense. No matter which way you look at it, Gus Malzahn is one of the better offensive mindsets in college football over the past 10 to 15 years. So, you know, like it is, it is going to be a very tough game. Defensively, they are not setting the world on fire by any means. It's hard to gauge what they're doing defensively because of the um, you know, low-level competition that they've kind of squared off with in the first two contests. But they're respectable, and I think you know, we can't overlook any defense considering the, you know, the weak link of the Mississippi team was supposed to be the defense. They really had life easy in the first half. And I think that that's one reason why Cardinal fans are just so pessimistic about this game is just because I think the offense is doing themselves no favors in fact they're probably you know helping out the defense more so than the defense really standing out they're making it easy you know the play calling has been vanilla it's been predictable we've talked about that seemingly every time we've talked about Louisville football right in you know recent memory so um like this is going to be a difficult game but I have to wonder I think we're talking too much hype into this program I get it it's a great offense. It's got a veteran quarterback in Dylan Gabriel who is lighting the stat sheet up. Um, he's a you know a veteran presence that is great with making his reads, has a great deep ball, um, but really succeeds in the dink and dunk process, which is, seems to be Louisville's kryptonite throughout the first two games. And then you ha- you know add veteran transfer running back from Northwestern Isaiah Bowser and um, how well he is at, you know reading defenses and churning out yards after contact. So yeah, I mean it's a daunting task, and um, I think that the Louisville defense is going to have their hands full. But I think a lot of this is going to be on the Louisville offense to be able to keep up and uh, start better than they have the first two games, and uh, that's really going to be the key. And it's not like they're going up against one of the best defenses in the country. I know that per the stats. The UCF Golden Knights defense is currently ranked tied for either 28th or 29th. They're giving up, I believe it's like 281 yards a game to the opponent. But you have to factor in context here in the level of competition that they're playing. They started out with the Boise State team that they had to come back to beat. I believe they were down 21 in that game early on. And then the second game, they cruised to victory against Bethune-Cookman. So I, I think, you know, looking at the... Stats are kind of is a little bit misleading on both sides of the ball. I think it's more of a telltale for the offense because we know already, you know, just how um, high octane that offense is. It was very great last year. I think it was honestly like number two in the country last year, and they bring back a lot of those pieces. Defensively, I, I still think that it, it's kind of like the Mississippi defense when you give them opportunities to be able to guess plays and you give them you know the luxury of you know knowing what you're going to do it's hard for any offense to get going so uh, I think that that has to be one of the things to focus on now in this game is they can't be predictable we'll talk about the keys to the game in the last segment but to answer the initial question I think that this Central Florida team is being overrated in a little sense by 
the Louisville fans, but I don't think it's anything that Central Florida is per se doing outside of, you know, scoring a lot of points, um, racking up a ton of yards, not allowing a, a great amount of points. I think it's more so the insecurities that the fan base has over their own football team because they saw how lackluster the offense has been in the first two first halves, respectively, in the first two games. And, you know, you're bringing in another offense that, um, you know, people have turned Mississippi light. So uh, I, I don't think that there's any reason to believe that, you know, people are freaking out for no reason. You know, put it there. I think that's a little bit of a of a confusing statement. But, um, you know, in other words, I, I think it's righteous that people are concerned about this game. And I don't necessarily think that I think you can, you know, Look at the Central Florida team in a sense of, okay, they haven't really played anybody. They've racked up yards. They've done what they're supposed to do. But I think it's more of a testament to, you know, Louisville fans just not feeling good about their team's direction. Um, Defensively, they bent but didn't break a lot in that Eastern Kentucky game. But let's face it, um, Eastern Kentucky is an FCS opponent. No disrespect to the Colonels. But, you know, let's call a spade a spade here. The offense only scored 30 points against that team. I don't care about the Amari Huggins Bruce fumble. Uh, that is, uh, you know, besides the point. The only thing that matters, in my opinion, in this is that the first substantial drive of that game came in the last drive of the first half, in which it was 11 plays, 72 yard scoring drive. All of the other drives before that, none of them had surpassed 34 yards on offense. There were a couple three and outs. That simply cannot happen. We'll talk a little bit about what has to, what can't happen um, in the last segment. But So, yeah, I'm obviously giving Central Florida their props. I think they have one of the top three offenses that the Cardinals will face all season long. Um, Regardless, I think it's going to be basically Clemson, it's going to be Central Florida, and it's going to be Mississippi. Um, Central Florida... um, basically poses the same risk as Mississippi. Uh, If the Cardinals don't start out quickly, it could get ugly by halftime. I do think that Mississippi is better than Central Florida offensively. Obviously, um, you know, not discrediting them, but, you know, Matt Corral is a true Heisman candidate. I think that the skill receivers uh, and the running back committee is better. I think Jerry O'Neill is better than Isaiah Bowser. Um, I give the nod to the offensive line. Uh, for you know the Rebels and also the wide receiving course. So I think you know it, in a nutshell, this is a very daunting game because the playing styles are very similar. Um, you know the identities on offense, the nuclear level that both of those offenses can reach. It, it's very daunting. But I think people are expecting another Mississippi to come out on the field, and I just don't think it's going to be like that. I think we're overhiving this offense just a tad just because of the similarities. Now, I'm not saying that this won't turn into a blowout because there's definitely that possibility, but to ensure that the cards don't turn this game into a blowout, let's talk about some of those keys that we were discussing. Uh, Before we get into that, some of the keys you need to know about your perspiration is handled by Sweatblock. It's doctor-created, doctor-recommended antiperspirant wipes, deodorant, body cream, etc. Works for up to seven days per use, and there's a dry shirt guarantee. So if it doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. It's featured and tested on the Rachel Ray Show by Firefighters, the number one bestseller antiperspirant on Amazon, over 13,000 reviews. Uh, manufactured right here in the United States, so you're able to wear what you want to wear. It's your little secret to confidence, and it's a must-have for everyone's toiletry bag. Whether it's a presentation or a hot date, everyone can benefit. 
I know that it sounds too good to be true, but I literally have only had to use sweat block once or twice a week, and it keeps me dry the whole time, so I don't pit out. I don't have to pick my shirts based on which one will hide the sweat better. If you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out sweat block. You can get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on or at Amazon or CVS. Some more keys that you need to focus on in the betting world can be handled by Bet Online. We're back and we're better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Be sure to head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, and BetOnline is your online sportsbook experts. So the final segment of this Thursday edition of the show, I want to kind of identify and discuss some of the keys to the game for the Louisville Cardinals in this Friday matchup against Central Florida. And I think number one is that the offense, and we mentioned this, the offense has to start out quicker. And we saw against Mississippi in the season opener, don't have to remind any Louisville fans that have, uh, have any pulse of the Louisville football program. Simply put, If you start out slow, bad things are going to happen. And luckily, the team played Eastern Kentucky last week. Or who knows, we could be looking at 0-2. But essentially, the Cardinals were out of the game down in Atlanta on Labor Day by halftime. Down 26-0. It didn't matter that they outscored the Rebels in the second half. They were already out of the game. If the Cardinals are not careful, this could be deja vu. History tends to repeat itself if you don't learn from the lessons that history brings. And um, if the Cardinals cannot improve in terms of scoring early on, I'm not saying they have to score 30 points by the half, but they at least if they're going to be down, you know, being down by you know 10 to 14 is infinitively better than being down 26 to 28. The cards have to come out strong and have some sustained drives. I'm not saying you have to score on every single drive, but keeping that nuclear offense off the field for Central Florida, allowing your defense to get some time to breathe because I, I definitely expect UCF to utilize that up-tempo offense sort of like Mississippi. It's going to be a matter of if the offense can sustain drives. You know, there's a lot that factors into that. Malik Cunningham is going to be, have to be better with his reads. He's going to have to stop being hesitant and deliver the ball in a timely manner before the opposing secondary members are able to crash on the receivers. Uh, The offensive line is going to have to be better in protecting not only the pass but the run as well. And the play calling is going to have to open up a little bit and catch the Central Florida defenders off guard and keep them on their toes. So um, I think that number one, the number one key, and it should not surprise anyone that has been watching Louisville football the past two weeks, that is that the offense has to start adjusting and having substantial drives early on in this game or it can turn ugly. Uh, number two, and I think that this kind of stems with the offense as well, um, and it really I guess you can kind of call this 1B, Malik Cunningham has to be better. Simply put, um, you know, we can – you go on and on about how great of an athlete he is, which which is right. I'm not saying he's not. I'm not saying that he you know he hasn't been able to make plays with his legs. 
Um, he hasn't had to evade, you know, broken down um, pockets and stuff like that. But there have been many, many plays. And Jeremy Wallman um, on the Wednesday edition of the show basically admitted there are there were about eight to nine plays that he counted where he either under or overthrew receivers or waited too long and didn't throw it at all and tried to scramble and just basically just looked over wide receivers that were wide open. In watching the game against Mississippi, I tried to give him the benefit of the doubt, tried to factor, you know, okay, it's pro- it's probably rust. It might be a little of nerves and stuff like that because Justin Marshall even confirmed in his press conference on Tuesday, you know, the Wolf offense kind of got uh, caught up in the hype around the game and really um, was sped up by, you know, Mississippi and their style of play and didn't really play Louisville football. So being consistent was one of the things that they needed to focus on. So I wanted to give Malik Cunningham a pass for that first game, although, you know, I really didn't want to at at the same time just because I expected more from a guy who is uh, now in year three with this, you know, respective system. So, but uh, it's very clear that there is something going on. Um, I think he's one of the more explosive athletes in the country, regardless of position. But uh, what Louisville needs right now is a competent quarterback, a guy that's going to be able to maybe, you know, doesn't have to be sitting in the pocket if the pocket's collapsing, collapsing, I should say. But at the same time, but I think this wide receiving core is starting to create separation you know, against opposing wideouts. We saw a little bit of that against the Rebels in the opener. I uh, saw a ton of it against the Colonels in the second game. So it's not like this wide receiving core isn't able to get open. I mean, you have one of the better, uh, in my opinion, the best tight end in the ACC, one of the better in the country in Marshawn Ford. Guys like Josh Johnson, Tyler Harrell, Amari Huggins-Bruce. Uh, we saw that in that 95-yard play. Uh, Justin Marshall. These guys can create separation. It's just a matter of, you know, it, it doesn't have, matter how much separation you create if you're not getting them the ball. I'm not saying, you know, Malik Cunningham is a bad quarterback by any means, but the level of play that he's playing right now simply isn't good enough. I'm going to call it like I see it. It's simply not good enough through the air, and it's something that I think he can fix. We saw it in 2019 where he was able to, you know, find open receivers confidently. He's got the arm. He's got the talent. It's just a matter of trusting his progressions, trusting his read. And you would think, you know, in year three, of you know Satterfield system and I believe it's like year five at Louisville you know you should be able to make those reads seamlessly in your sleep you know know where the receivers are going know the timing um, hopefully that is able to progress as the season goes on um, but Malik Cunningham there's a lot to be expected of him for this game if the cards are going to try to come out victorious the last key to the game that I have for the Louisville Cardinals against the UCF Golden Knights on Friday evening is that the pass rush has to be better. Last week, only one sack against an FCS opponent. Didn't really get into the Mississippi backfield that much. Louisville defensive coordinator Brian Brown confirmed on Wednesday evening that Yaya Diaby had been dealing with some back issues, but that he's approaching full health. There's a lot to be expected of him. He hasn't really done too much in the I think he's only had one tackle on the season. Uh, Ashton Gelati has been a bright spot, true freshman D-end. If you're going to be able to beat Central Florida, you have to be able to disrupt Dylan Gabriel any way that you can. Gabriel on the season has already thrown for over 600 yards, 630 to be exact, six touchdowns, has a quarterback rating of 159.9. I understand the competition, but he's one of the better quarterbacks in the AAC 
and he's you know a veteran quarterback that is able to make reads. If you let him have all the time in the pocket to make his reads, go through his progressions, but not only that, be able to allow him to you know sneakily get up through the second level of the defense because I think he, you know like Matt Corral, he is a sneaky good runner. So you have to be able to focus on that as well. The more time you give him, the more trouble that spells for the Cardinal defense, and um, you can't really do this team any favors. The main way to really disrupt the flow of this offense for the you know UCF Golden Knights is that you get them in second and third and long situations. The only way you're really going to do that without you know them you know amassing a ton of penalties is by blowing plays up in the backfield, getting after Dylan Gabriel, getting some sacks, making at the very least making him go through his progressions quicker and possibly forcing a mistake. So we talked about the historic Louisville volleyball win against Kentucky, transitioned into answering the question of whether or not Louisville fans are hyping up Central Florida, and also talked some keys to the game for the Friday night contest. Uh, before we get out of here, I want to give a couple shout-outs. First to the Locked on Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. You can get daily picks, blood specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast, brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you like to get your podcasts. Also give a shout-out to the Cardinal Sports Zone podcast, which is hosted weekly. A lot of great personalities in that room, so you're able to get your weekly comic relief along with all of your Cardinal news right there in one. Just some good bro talk, um, very you know seamless conversation. So uh, be sure to go check that out at cardinalsportszone.com and all the great stuff that that staff is doing. Um, and uh, that's going to basically wrap up this Thursday episode of the Locked On Louisville podcast. Tomorrow we will do final thoughts for Central Florida and identify some players to watch for the game. That's going to wrap up this episode. Everyone have a great day, and we'll see you back here tomorrow.